Greetings and welcome to Heirloom Radio, a different kind of police program. My name is still John Lovering and I am still your host. And on this track, we are going to return to the Greek restaurant owned by Mr. Nick Pakiakakis, a comedy series starring a very talented and very funny comedian named Harry Einstein, known professionally as Harry Park. For such a convincing character, actor, and Greek dialect expert, he became known as Pakiakakis. His radio show, Meet Me at Parkies, ran for two years on NBC, 1945 to 1946, and one year on the Mutual Broadcasting System in 1947. The announcer for the show was Bob Williams, who would always try to calm Nick Parkiakakis down when he was upset about something, which was all the time. Also contributing to the cast was Betty Rhodes as the female singer and also part of the acting cast. Sheldon Leonard and Elliot Lewis were also there as part of the supporting cast members. Harry Einstein wrote the scripts himself, and the show would open with a couple of quick sketches followed by a Pakiakakis doing a short monologue, a song by Betty Rose, who would try to calm Paki down with one of her songs. The band leader on the show was Opie Cates, and he had a hillbilly drawl, and he also played a role in the story of the week. Well, the story of this week, back on July 8, 1945, is that Parkey is going to court. Something's never changed. Seems like everyone in the government's going to court these days, and this show was broadcast 76 years ago. So, ladies and gentlemen, park your carcass and listen to Meet Me at Parkey's. Thank you for listening. It's much appreciated. The makers of old gold cigarettes bring you Meet Me at Parkies. Well, I want to tell you, I was never so a nerd in my whole life as last night. All night long, Joe kept telling me my stockings was wrinkled. So, what was wrong with that? I wasn't wearing those stockings. Believe me, Poyle, did I start to burrow. Oh, dear, dear, why be irritated? Light an old gold and meet me at Parkies. Mister, I don't know your name, but I'd like to shake your hand. You would? Why? Because you've got it in my pocket. Take it out. Help! Murder! Police, mister, why be irritated? Light an old gold and meet me at Parkies. Yes, everybody meets at Parkies, so come along to Parkies Restaurant. Say hello to Opie Cates and his orchestra, David Street, Rudin's Rock Bottom, Betty Rose, and our genial host, Park Your Carcass. <laughs> Boy, am I tired. No wonder I've been breathing all day. <laughs> and I got so much to do, I've been so busy getting ready for my engagement party here tonight. Besides that, I got to pay all my bills, I got to make up my food order, and I got so many letters to write. And my behind in my Paris convent. <laughs> I just got to write a letter to my mother and tell her what they're making me to get engaged to that ugly old prudence rock bottom. Or else I'll lose my restaurant. Uh, might as well write it now and get it over with. Mrs. Parkiakakis. Coma. <laughs> New York. Semi question mark. <laughs> you know, you got to put in those puncture marks. <laughs> NY, explanation point. <laughs> Dear Mrs. Parkiakakis. Gentlemen. <laughs> 
period. <laughs> How do you like it? I got the period upside down. <laughs> Dear mother, mother is M U D D E R. <laughs> Don't look right to me. I know there's an H in mother somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's better. M U D D E R H. <laughs> that's all the news for now. To write you more by mail With my best garage Your loving son, Parky Oh, well, hello, Betty Rhodes. Parky, you still writing to your mother? You started to write that letter last night. Why are you so slow? Got to write slow. My mother can't read fast. <laughs> now, I'm writing to tell her that I'm being forced to get engaged to that prudence rock bottom. I'm writing her so she'll be surprised. Well, if you're writing her, where's the surprise? She don't know I can write. <laughs> Say, I thought you was bringing David Street over here with you to help us uh, get ready for the party tonight. Well, he'll be here real soon. I left him at the newspaper office finishing his column. You know, Betty, it must be a funny thing making love to a newspaper man. Funny? Yeah, when an ordinary fellow goes out with a girl, he says, how's about the kiss? Well, I suppose a newspaper man says, let's go to press. <laughs> me as long as I'm his latest edition. <laughs> you know, Betty, I am very much interested in newspapers. Tell you the truth, at one time I was thinking about buying the Los Angeles Times. You were? Yes, sir. Well, where would you get all that money to buy the Los Angeles Times? Oh, what money? Only cost a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> would you please watch the cash register for a few minutes? I've got a lot of work to do. Okay. Gee, what a beautiful girl that Betty is. Nice looking, too. Besides that, she's pretty. <laughs> oh, David Smith. Hello, Dave. Hello, Parky. Well, how's the great Romeo, and how's your fair Juliet Prudence Rockbottom? You know, the whole town's buzzing about your engagement party here tonight. Oh, David, I don't want to get married to Prudence. I want to have some fun out of my childhood. <laughs> I want to play with my trains on the floor and sail my boats in the bathtub. I want to play ball and break windows and steal apples. David, at heart, I'm still a juvenile delinquent. <laughs> but, Parky, it's just that you don't understand love. If you knew how beautiful love could be. Did you ever get a good look at Prudence Rock about him? <laughs> yeah, but beauty is only skin deep. Yeah, but the trouble is, she's all skin. <laughs> Parky, your attitude is all wrong. Let me teach you how to make love. Let me coach you how to be romantic. Okay, coach. Now, let's begin. All right. I'll be the boy, and you be the girl. It's too late. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll just pretend. Oh, pretend, yeah. yeah. Now, we're in the park. In the park. It's a beautiful moonlight night. Yes. A night that was made for love. Yes. I can see us now, walking along side by side. And I turn and gently lift my hands. For me to kiss. No, to wave to our sailor. <laughs> there aren't any sailors here. What kind of a park is this? Never mind that. <laughs> now, as we're walking along, yes. everything is serene. A fine park without no sailors. <laughs> Quiet. Now, we sit down on a bench. I look at you. Yes. You look at me. We're both embarrassed. Understand it? 
Yeah, we didn't see the fresh paint sign. <laughs> Forget about the paint. Yeah, I got an old dress on anyways. <laughs> an old dress. Look, you're sitting there, and you're terribly in love. Oh, I'm just infatuated with you. <laughs> That's right. Now I look at you. Yes. Now I move closer and closer. And then I whisper in your ear. Yes. You know what I'm saying? My slip is showing? <laughs> Will you be quiet? Go ahead, strike me, you big bully. Strike me. Go ahead. Oh, if I was only a man. Hey, wait a minute. I am a man, ain't I? Oh, Parky, it's, it's no use. You'll never learn how to make oh, love. Oh, David, it's only that nobody never explained it to me. It's the simplest thing in the world. All nature expresses what I'm trying to tell you. Come on over to the window here. Yes. Look. Look at that tree across the street. You see those two squirrels? Yes. <laughs> Notice how slowly they approach each other, and one little squirrel turns its head, and the other little squirrel comes over, and they look into each other's eyes. I see. And they get closer and closer. Oh. Then they rub noses. That's all there is to it? That's all. <laughs> Why didn't you say so? Now I understand life and I can't wait. To make love to Prudence Rock Bottom? No, to kiss a squirrel. <laughs> oh, don't mind me, David. I'm just down in the dumps. Would do me a lot of good if you would sing a song for me. You know that? Okay, Parky. You know, this is George Gershwin's Jubilee Week. And in tribute to his memory, I'd like to sing the last song he wrote. You can't take that away from me. Oh. <laughs> Sip your tea Memory of all that No, no They can't take that away from me The way you smile just beam The way you sing a key The way you haunt my dreams No, no can't take that away from me. We may never, never meet again on a bumpy road to love. Still, I'll always, always keep the memory of the way you hold your knife, the way we dance till three. Way you've changed my life. No, no, they can't take that away from me. No, they can't take that away from me. We may never, never meet again on the bumpy road to love. Still, I'll always, always keep the memory of the way you hold your knife and the way we dance till free, the way you've changed my life. 
take that away from me. No, you're bound to see. They can't take that away from me. David, you know something, honestly? You sing as good as those guys on the radio. (laughs) Say, pardon me, Parky. I don't like to bother you, but... Well, I've been sitting here for quite a while, and... I know you're busy, but I'm getting a little hungry, and I'd like to order something. Well, I'm surprised that you, you are talking to me so nice, just like a human beings. <laughs> you know, everybody else is always yelling and banging on the table. So after all, I only got two pair of hands. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not an octopus, you put, you know. But you are so polite to me. Well, whenever I find I'm getting a little upset, I just say to myself, why be irritated? Light an old gold. Hey, mister, I'd like to shake your hand. I'm certainly glad you said that, because old gold sure gives you lots of comfort and pleasure. Yes, especially today, because you get no pleasure if your cigarette is hot, harsh, dry. And you know, to help prevent cigarette dryness, P. Lorillard Company has conditioned old golds with a special moisture-protecting agent we call apple honey. Made from the juices of fresh apples, of course. Well, say, you're perfectly right. And get this, Old Gold's unique blend of many great tobaccos is further enriched with rare imported Latakia tobacco. Sure. The Lorillard people add a touch of keen-tasting Latakia tobacco for marvelous extra flavor. That's Old Gold, extra flavor plus special protection against cigarette dryness. So you just keep on telling your friends that as soon as they can, try a pack. And remind them, when little annoyances get them down, why be irritated? Light an old gold. Hey, well spoken, old man. Say, you seem to be uh, sold on old gold. Hope to run into you again sometime. Uh, by the way, my name's Williams. What's yours? Lorillard. <laughs> oh, Bob. Imagine, Mr. Lorillard. Oh. oh, hi, Betty. Hello, <laughs> oh, Bob. See, Parky, I'm all excited about your engagement party tonight. Do you like the way I decorated the restaurant? I hope you planned a good dinner. Yes, and believe me, never again what trombola I had to go to. All day long, standing over a hot stove. My dishes was rattling, my skillet was banging, my plates was clattering, and all day long, my pans kept falling down. <laughs> Tell me, did you cook the turkey, and how'd it come out? Look, Betty, next time, please let me cook the turkey my own way. Don't get me no fancy cookbooks to go by. What's the matter with the cookbook I gave you? Well, it said put the turkey over an open fire and keep turning for three hours. Did I get dizzy? <laughs> Hello, Opie. Hi, Betty. Hi, Parky. Hello, Opie. What's a good one? I'm hungry. What time do we eat? Well, it won't be long now. And remember, Opie, when we go to the table, you take Miss Rockbottom's arm. Oh, I'm not that hungry. So will you excuse me, kids? I got to go and put the pants on the lamb chop. How do you like that? And those lamb chops are old enough to dress themselves. Okay, Parky, come on, Opie. You can help me. We've still got a lot of work to do to get ready for the party, so take off your coat and give me a hand, will you? Oh, I'd be glad to do it, Betty, but I'm awful tired. Well, why are you so tired? Do you stay up late? No, but I have to get up the doggone early every morning. Well, what for? You don't come over to the restaurant here until late in the afternoon. I know, but I gotta be up in time to ride from my house over to the shipyard every morning. What shipyard? I don't know. 
Are you working in a shipyard now? No, I ain't working in the shipyard. Well, why do you go over there every day, then? Well, you see, I wanted to save on gas, so I joined the carpool, and that's where the car goes. <laughs> You don't mean to tell me if that you're If I ain't out enough. on that curb every morning at 6 o'clock, old Clyde starts honking his horn. Oh, do you mean to stand there and tell Clyde me that you're... Clyde is that owns the car. Well, that's nice. But you don't mean to tell me well, that you actually... Well, his full name is Clyde Park. I don't care what it is. He's got brown eyes. <laughs> oh, B, you don't really get up at 6 o'clock and ride someplace you're not going to, do you? No, I don't get up at 6. Oh, that's better. I get up at 4 4.30? <laughs> 4.30? Sure, it takes time to go to the library and take me out a book to read. What do you need a book for? Well, it gets awful monotonous standing around that plant all day with nothing to do. <laughs> oh, Bea, do you mean to tell me that you wait there all day long? Well, I did at first, but I kind of gave that up. Well, I'm glad to hear that. About the best I can do now is stick it out until a little after lunch, and then I go on home on the bus. It ain't so bad, though. I only have to change twice and then walk about a half a mile. <laughs> well, that makes a nice restful trip of it. What do you do when you get home? Oh, I get me some sleep then. Well, that's sensible. You won't tell Clyde I do that, though, will you? Clyde, I don't even know Clyde. Well, I wouldn't want the other fellas in the carpool to think I wasn't playing fair with them. <laughs> well, I'll gladly keep that quiet. Anything to see that you get home in the afternoon and get some sleep. Yeah, but I always got to get right up again, though. Well, why is that? Because I got to be back at the plant by 4.30 to ride back home with the fellas. <laughs> Wait a minute, this is where I came in. Opie, why don't you and the boys run over the number you're going to play at the party? I'd really love to hear it. Okay, but I sure do hope we eat pretty soon. I'm getting so hungry and weak, I can hardly lift my clarinet. Opie Cates' clarinet in this orchestra continue our salute to George Gershwin playing I Got Rhythm.
you know, hey, Opie, that was terrific. You certainly rode that tomb. But, you know, I know a ride that was even better. Uh, Parky, you must have heard of Paul Revere. Paul Revere, Paul Revere. Does he eat here? <laughs> He's been dead for over a hundred years. I'm talking about Paul Revere, the old silversmith. The old silversmith? Why, Bob Williams, I'm surprised at you. Oh. You mean he was an old goldsmith. <laughs> what about it? Well, Paul Revere rode a horse that made history, you know, and I remember it well, 1775. How do you like that? He paid 1775. <laughs> Wish I knew that. I would have put $2 on it. Oh, Sparky, look, I'm talking about the year 1775. Well, that's too far back for me. But I can go back even further than that, 1775, because the Larlard business started in 1760, 15 years before the famous ride of Paul Revere. 1760? Hey, you know something? That's even before I was born. Oh, I think. <laughs> yes, sir, nearly 200 years of association with the world's choice tobaccos. This vast experience is reflected in the quality of old gold cigarettes today. Marvelous quality consistently maintained despite wartime conditions. You're as smart as if I had any old gold cigarettes to sell. I know where I could get rid of a package right away. Oh, uh, for a particular friend, eh, Parker? No, it's for me. <laughs> well, as to quantity, although the cigarette situation is temporarily eased, we're still in a fighting war. Yet we're doing our best to assure your share of the old goals for home front enjoyment. So, if you must take substitute brands today, remember, you may have old goals tomorrow. Uh, stick around, Bob. Here comes uh, my, my new finance, uh, Prudence Rockbottom. I want you to meet her. Oh, come in, Miss Rockbottom. You know everybody, David, Opie, and Bob... Parky, Miss Rockbottom's here. Oh, hello, Prudence. Oh, my darling. <laughs> well, Parky, dear, why don't you give me a nice greeting? Haven't you something nice for me? After all, we are almost engaged. Oh, sure, I got you something nice. It's a surprise. That's your beautiful Kasagi. <laughs> Kosagi. Oh, Parky, darling, it isn't Kosagi. It's Kosage. A-G-E is pronounced Aj, as in garage. Oh, they're beautiful. Where did you get them? From the man who collects the gabars. <laughs> oh, come over here. Sit down next to me. And now tell me the things I want to hear. Okay. Did you know that the Laurelot business started in 1760? <laughs> did you ever bet on Paul Revere's horse? about me. If I didn't own this building and didn't threaten to make you move, you wouldn't even look at me. Oh, sure I would. Look, look, I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh, Parky, my sweet, I can't wait until after we're married so I can come in here and take charge of the restaurant. But there's so many changes I want to make. Oh, but Miss Rockbottom, Parky's been here for 18 years and all of us just love the way the restaurant is now. We don't want to change anything. But I do. I'm even going to change the way Parky dresses. Instead of going around here wearing a chef's cap and apron, I'm going to have him wear evening clothes. Evening clothes? Yes. For generations, all of the men in my family wore tails. Must have come in handy when they were climbing trees. <laughs> Let's not argue, darling. Hold me in your arms. Kiss me. Kiss me. Saved by the bell. <laughs> Folks, I want to welcome you all to Parky's and Miss Rockbottom's engagement party. We've arranged a little entertainment for you. Come on, Betty. Sing George Gershwin's famous Embraceable You. Oh. 
with me, my sweet embrace over you. Embrace me, you irreplaceable you. Just one look at you, my heart grew tipsy in me. this building, Mr. Josie Zintal Pathantat, Jr., deceased. Left a clause in his real estate that whoever buys the building cannot evict Mr. Parky Cockers, who's been a very desirable tenant for 18 years. You mean Parky doesn't have to marry Miss Rockbottom to stay in the building? Nobody can put him out? Nobody. 
Parky, that's wonderful news. Gee, baby, that means I'm going to get married. I'm a free man. Boy, what a story for my column. I can see the headline now. Parky's love hits rock bottom. Hey, <laughs> Sam, so, well, Mr. Parky Talkers, I'm going to sue you for breach of promise. I'll teach you to guilt me. I'll sue you later. The next time we meet, we'll be in court. Poor Parky, everything seems to happen to you, doesn't it? Yes, Betty. I bet I'm the first man who ever got divorced before he got married. And so ends the third episode of Meet Me at Parky. For the further adventures of Parky Carcass, David Street, Betty Rose, Prudence Rockbottom, and Opie Cates in his orchestra, tune in again next Sunday, same time, same station. Is it a date? Okay, meet me at Parky. And now until next Sunday evening, don't let little annoyances get you down. Why be irritated? Light an old go. Its tobaccos are conditioned with apple honey to help guard against cigarette dryness and to give you more smoking pleasure. Bob Williams saying goodnight for old gold and inviting you again next Sunday night to meet me at Parky's. This is the National Broadcasting Company.